Hey, welcome back to another episode of Duality. If you are new, my name is Aria. I come out with a new podcast episode every Monday, except for holidays. They're usually around mental health, social issues, or self-development. Usually all three, to be honest. Thank you for taking the time to check this out. I hope you enjoy. And if you are returning, you have my whole heart. I love you. You taking the time to subscribe and download these episodes is what allows me to continue to make them. Earlier this week on Instagram, I asked you guys to send me any questions you may have for me to answer in this episode. I got quite a few, so I'll try to get through as many as I can without making this episode extensive. But if I don't get through all of these questions, please do let me know if you'd like me to do another episode, if you enjoy these, and I'll continue making them. So one of the first questions that I got was, how are you really doing? And to be transparent, I have been okay. I'm doing better today than I was a month or two ago, but I am navigating some difficult things. It's been hard to continually accept that the love that I give to others isn't always reciprocated. And having to let go of another person, although it's very, like, letting go of people is not unfamiliar territory to me at all. But having to do it again and again, especially in adult life where the only people close to me are deeply and truly connected to me, is hard. I'm kind of tired of being cooped up, too. I'm sure we all are, but I also have anxiety towards things opening up again. I don't really want to be subjected to everyone's stares and thoughts and opinions. I don't like being around different people's energy because I'm very sensitive to how people are feeling, what people are thinking. Not e- like, And these are unvocal things. These are things that aren't communicated to me directly. It's just things that I can feel. I'm not sensitive in the sense that I internalize it, but I get overwhelmed. I really don't appreciate being around people and those who are unaware of what they're giving off or thinking or feeling themselves. Yeah, but I'm okay. We're trucking along. This is just another season. Things are going to change a lot. I'm kind of nervous, which is bizarre, but I'm moving across the country in a few months, and although it's something that I truly and deeply want, I'm afraid. Yeah, I am quite afraid. But we'll see. Overall, I'm okay. And thank you for checking in on me. Another question that I got was how to forgive yourself. And... Let me tell you, (laughs) that is not something that I'm very good at, but forgiving yourself means accepting that you make mistakes. The same way we accept our friends and our family when they hurt us or they do something wrong or they fail, we still continue to love and forgive them. You're worthy of the same treatment and perspective and understanding from yourself. Forgiving yourself can be hard when you have chosen something that has deeply hurt you or costed you a lot. And if you repeatedly choose these things, it can be even harder to accept your choices and let them go. 
but holding on to remorse or guilt or punishing yourself for literally being human is probably is too painful for any of us to continue to go through. You would only surround yourself with people who are understanding and forgiving of you, who accept you. Similarly, you have to be that for yourself. You have to know who you are, you have to trust yourself, and you have to believe in yourself. A huge part of forgiving yourself is trusting that you won't repeat the same things again, trusting and processing what you did, what went wrong, why it was wrong, what you could have done better, and then just doing better going forward. It's very easy to punish ourselves, but it costs you a lot in the long run. It causes you a lot of grief. It holds you back in a lot of ways. And it gets in the way of doing your best in loving, supporting, and forgiving other people. Another question, let's see here. What's the hardest part in letting go of the person you thought someone was? You have to accept that you were wrong. I am very guilty of this. I tend to be hopeful or tend to identify someone's potential. And qualify them based off of that instead of what they're actually showing up as. I think that sometimes we get too excited or we really want to just love somebody. We really want to have this person in our life. We really want things to be a specific way. And that we get lost and our judgment gets clouded. I guess the hardest part of letting go of that idea is that it wasn't real. Accepting that it wasn't real, accepting that I think it's hard to accept that someone isn't who you thought they were. Letting go overall is very difficult, especially like if you have a deep bond with somebody. And like I mentioned, I'm going through this right now. And all I can say is that you have to let go in order to make room for someone who can be all of those things. I feel like letting go is hard because we have this ideal of people being in our lives for a very long time. And sometimes it's like really painful to unlearn that ideal and accept that most things are temporary, including this life that you're given. I got caught up in wanting people to be permanent as well. But yeah, it's really hard to let go of like any plans that you might have made with this person or, or accepting the emptiness or the void that they've left behind when you lose them. I got, a, I got quite a few questions among the topic of what motivates me every day, what drives me, what is the fuel behind my fire, and I have done a whole episode on this. I'll have it linked in the description if you'd like to listen. But in short, I didn't have a lot of the things that I wanted or needed when I grew up. And now that I'm an adult, it's up to me to provide myself with those things. It's up to me to 
make sure that my needs are met. It's up to me to surround myself with people who love me for who I actually am. And having these things takes work. And having a life or a safe home or affording the things that I want to do in my life, it takes work, it takes discipline. And the biggest part behind my motivation and me being determined and tenacious and everything that I want is that I have to do it for me. I have to do it because no one else did. And I deserve to have a good life just like you do. I deserve to be happy. I deserve to be loved. I deserve to be safe. I deserve to be healthy. But yeah, I'll link the whole episode for you in the description if you'd like to know in detail the things that motivate me, how I stay motivated, etc. Someone else asked me, who are your inspirations? And, hmm, I don't tend to be inspired by people. I admire many people um, for their art, for the way that they live their life, for what they output into the world, for the communities that they've built. But I find that I am most inspired by places. I am most inspired by the art that someone has created. I am most inspired by architecture, by nature. I think that, and maybe this is cheesy, it probably is, but I kind of don't care. Earth is divine. I think that our planet is something that doesn't make sense, but is still there. I think that there are so many things that we still don't understand about our planet, but it's also so beautiful, no matter what we do to it. I'm quite inspired by any woman who defies gender roles, who shuts down misogyny, who stands up for herself, who embodies her wild nature and doesn't apologize. The same way I am inspired by any man out there who doesn't play into misogyny even though he would benefit from it. I don't tend to be inspired by famous people or celebrities. I don't know them. And I think that a lot of it is smoke and mirrors. But, yeah. The women around me inspire me. Mothers inspire me. They have so much grace and girth. It's ridiculous. And it's something that I could never do. Yeah. I like that question. It was a good one. So thank you for asking it. Uh, Another question was favorite books and authors. When it comes to fiction, I love Chuck Palahniuk, and he wrote um, Fight Club, for example. One of my favorites by him is Invisible Monsters. You should check it out. It's very dark. It's very honest. I like that. I don't like euphemisms. I don't like pretty pictures. I like things to be as real as possible, and... The way that he writes is just that. Another writer that I love is Haruki Murakami. I love Norwegian Wood. Kafka on the Shore is great as well. His writing style is very sincere. 
And sometimes the topics are quite mundane, but the way that he writes about them hits home. Honestly, it's like he's filling this emptiness or something when you read his stories. It makes you feel full again. As for nonfiction, I am a huge psychology nerd. I love reading anything about ego, about anger, about (laughs) our personalities, about human behavior. And it's hard for me to pick a favorite, but some honorable mentions would be Harriet Lerner. She writes about why people don't apologize, for example, and how to dance with anger, as well as many other things. But the way that she explains us as a species and why we behave in certain ways and how to weather what it means to be human, I love. It's comforting. It's very interesting. And it has helped me to understand myself better. Another would be Glennon Doyle. I think that... Her stories are amazing in describing our fear and how to overcome them, what risks are worth it, what it means to be a woman, all that jazz. Yeah, I love that. Another interesting question that I got was reform or revolution. And in my opinion... I think if you asked me 10 years ago, I would have definitely just said revolution, but I think both. Both because revolution is so necessary when reform doesn't work. I think that we can calmly and patiently try to reform practices or laws or the way things have been done for so long, but with things like the inequalities between different races, genders, religions, you name it, sometimes reform doesn't work. Revolution is so necessary. It needs to be completely shut down the way things have been done for so long. They're outdated. We need to move forward. So both. I'm not really afraid of the quote-unquote aggression that is typically associated with revolution, although I know many are. I think that there's a reason that we have that within us. I think there's a reason why we have something like anger as one of our sentiments. It's to be utilized. I think the best way to utilize anger is to push us forward and to better the way that we exist with one another. What's advice that you would give to your younger self? I love this question and I think about this all the time. Advice that I would give to my younger self would be to just do what you want to do. Pay attention to the things that make you feel alive. Pay attention to the things that just call to you. Pay attention to the things that you daydream about. When I was younger, I daydreamed a ton. Chase those things. You deserve to have a life that feels like a dream. Don't listen to what people tell you. Don't doubt yourself. I know that that's easier said than done, but believe in what you want. Believe in what you're capable of, believe in you first. Make sure that you have strong beliefs, and this is something that I am so glad that I had when I was younger. I think that because I was left to my own devices for much of my life and I had very little support 
like unconditional support for who I was and who I continue to be. Um, I had comfort in what I believed in and why I believed those things. Having a strong and firm belief system definitely shaped and carved out who I am today. And knowing who I am and having that strong sense of self disallowed other people to tell me anything and build confidence. It built confidence so that no one's opinion of me could sway me or bring me down. But the biggest thing is just follow what you're interested in. Don't do what everyone else is doing because they tell you that that's how it should be done. Don't believe everything you hear. If you don't want to go to university, don't. The ROI on post-secondary education is not the same as it was 30 to 40 years ago, so don't do it unless you have to in order to be a lawyer and doctor, and only be a lawyer and doctor if you're passionate about it. I've said this in probably every episode, but I will say it again. Whatever career path you choose, you end up spending the vast majority of your time pursuing that, working on that, developing that. Make sure it's something that you love. Make sure it's something that you enjoy or you will literally be miserable more often than not. Another question I got was how to stop overthinking. I don't know. This isn't something that I've naturally struggled with, but I've grown up around people who do. And one thing that I can say for sure is that you might not be able to stop overthinking. I also don't, I kind of don't agree with overthinking being a bad thing. I think that it's important to thoroughly think about the things that you're experiencing, the choices that you are making, the interactions that you have. But if you are dwelling, if you're stuck, and if it's getting in the way from you making decisions or moving forward with your life, I would say that thinking about it isn't going to help. The same way stressing about it isn't going to help. It's not going to change anything. You have to pair thinking with action. And if you're overthinking something because you're afraid of failing or you're afraid of losing someone, I hate to break it to you, but you're going to fail and you're always going to lose people. Failure is inevitable. It's a part of our experience and it's something that I hope you can start seeing as an opportunity to learn. It's not easy. I'm guilty of this as well. But I also hope that you get comfortable failing, get comfortable making mistakes, get comfortable moving on from friendships and relationships or careers. And I guess the last question, I got a lot of questions about this as well. How would you describe your style? And what's your fashion inspiration? I would say that... My style can be described as a cross between like soft grunge and edgy high fashion. I like to pair really tailored classic high-end pieces with things that are provocative and speak to my sensuality, speak to anger, speak to passion, speak to aggression. I like to take claim over how I how I project myself. I don't agree with how a lady should quote unquote look. It's very much about expressing my sensuality and like the rougher parts of it. Um, I think that my heart speaks for itself, and the people who are close to me and the people that I love know how soft and sweet I am. But I love having that harder 
aspect to me. And that's where duality comes from. It's about being soft and hard at the same time. As far as fashion inspirations, I would say gothic architecture. Yeah, 100%. I love Parisian European fashion and I love classic, timeless pieces. I don't have one person, again, that inspires my style. I'm really a fan of pieces that say a lot without doing a lot. I think that's it. I this is so this episode's getting quite long. I think those are all the questions that I'm going to answer this time around, but again, if this is something that you enjoyed or if you have questions for me, please do let me know and I can happily make a part 2. I hope you have a lovely week whenever you're listening to this, whether you're going for a run or a walk or driving in your car, grocery shopping, cleaning your house. I hope you're well. I wish you love. And thank you to everybody who sent me questions. I love that. Bye.